and welcome to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Uh, a lot of you uh, may not be familiar with the with the big show. Uh, Monday through Friday, uh, we do the Rick and Bubba show, and uh, it's it's five hours worth of content. Uh, if you uh, are, have never joined us for that, go to rickandbubba.com. You can find out more about that. This is an individual 45-minute uh, podcast that we do every week. Bubba, we, we, we delve into topics. We we interview guests. Uh, you know, this is a little little different form of Rick and Bubba. Yeah, it's a little different long form. Uh, we like to call it content, and we get to dive in and visit with some people we want to talk to in a little different area. And Rick, today we have two very special guests here that I know you know very well, and they're experts in an area, quite frankly, that we do we just don't have a lot of credibility in. Well, it is interesting to say I'm going to listen to Rick and Bubba University. Oh, look, I'm researching these guys. They literally <laughs> call themselves the two sexiest fat men alive. Uh, and today, their focus on their podcast will be nutrition and fitness. Right. Uh, but uh, so we're we're not going to you and you know believe it or not. Let me first introduce our guest, Blake Prime. He's director of Active Active Life. Godspeed is a franchise that um, uh, is um, is a place where you go and you work out, but you also can get nutritional help and uh, you have now have two locations in Alabama uh, one in Birmingham which is where I go and then you have one in Huntsville that's that's pretty much brand new uh, and then Garrett Trummer is here uh, he's a PT uh, and also performance therapist not just a physical therapist uh, he also is has a lot of expertise in nutrition and fitness and and uh, and physical therapy he uh, has spent a lot of times in sports a lot of time in sports medicine played a little hockey uh, prime played a little football. Played a little ball. Play, they played a little ball. You know where Prime played ball? Where? UAB. Did he really? Yeah. Good deal. Yeah, Good just deal. just went to the new stadium with your family and enjoyed it's it. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so. What position did you play? I played free safety. Mm-hmm. He looks free safety. He does like free safety. He likes to hit. He does. Huh? Yeah, a couple times Stand I, asked him if, up. I asked if he thought he could block me, and he realized, not an issue for me. That's not what I was asked to do. <laughs> we can test that out, though. Right, we can. Yeah, we we can. Do we'll do that after the podcast. Right. So, guys, you know, you, you probably, Blake, because uh, you're more familiar with the show than Garrett. Garrett, you're relatively new uh, to the show. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of a Rick and Bubba rookie, uh, but you, you've started. So you've probably been driving in your car several times, and, and suddenly you heard us begin to talk about nutrition. Absolutely. And, and probably many times you're screaming at the radio, guys, that I have the answer, not sure that's correct. Uh, have you been through those moments? I've been through the moments where I understand that there's a lot of maybe com- comedic relief that I hope is going on on the other end of the radio. <laughs> The thought process that no way they're serious about some of the topics we're talking about. Well, well you know, laughter is the best medicine. It is. Uh, but, but let's look at, we want to unpack some of Although the, penicillin has proved very effective. <laughs> yeah, it has. We're going to talk about, because I think one of the problems we have now is we have access to more information than ever before. And some people say, man, that's great. And I think it is. But you know what? Also, it's a problem mm-hmm. because we all have also have access to really bad information. Right. And, and I think a lot of times we don't know what is true and what's not, what is helpful, what's healthy, what's not healthy. Um, and you guys know a lot about this. I've heard you talk about it quite a bit and you've studied it. And, and so if you think of things today we need to cover that we don't bring up, let's sure. please do. Yeah, just throw it out. Yeah, there. because okay. there's probably some, some things you guys want to hit on that we may, we may not think of. But I think there's been a lot of confusion, especially on the nutrition side, right. on what really is healthy eating. And, uh, and, and sometimes there's some confusion, like, for instance, <laughs> currently, and Garrett, you and I had a brief discussion about this, the egg. We, we've all been very confused about the egg. Good, the, bad, yeah, good, uh, bad, split it in half. Yeah, no, at, good, at one, bad. At one right. time, egg good. Another time, egg bad. We went to egg beaters. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Fake <laughs> eggs bad. Back <laughs> right. to real eggs. 
egg, then we divide them up. Yeah, then egg white is yeah. preferred. Now, wait a minute. Egg white may not have been all we hopped it up to be. <laughs> just eat regular eggs. Right. Take on the egg. Well, I think first and foremost, when it comes to nutrition, um, one thing that people have to realize is that when they're looking for any kind of results and they're looking to make some kind of body composition change, um, you know, nutrition is going to play in a major role in that. And so the one thing they need to establish, egg, no egg, egg beater, whatever it is, consistency has to play a key role in this. And I think that's the number one topic that needs to be addressed first and foremost is just that, you know, there's so much information on specific diets. What's the current new trend? What are we, what's everybody doing that, you know, one thing about the word, you know, with the diets, they start and end. And so we've got to teach people that consistency and longevity of whatever nutritional plan they're following is where they need to start first. With regards to the egg, Garrett and I were actually talking about that yesterday. I mean, even that, I've been in my in phases where I do egg whites, I do whole eggs, um, I've done the egg beaters. But, you know, when it comes to, to my opinion, personal preference, because I think consistency of what you're doing and is, is the most important to me. Why buy a whole bunch of eggs and then waste it all? You know, I, I, that's what I do. Every time I, I cringe to think how many egg yolks I dump down the drain, I'm like, I'm wasting perfectly good eggs. Yeah. Right. So getting to the root of the original question, right? Is it egg whites, eggs? And I don't think people understand why they're even asking the question to begin with. Correct. Okay. So if a yolk has more fat in it and they're trying to avoid fats, why are you trying to avoid fats in the first place? If you're trying to increase your protein content, well, we know eggs and eggs whites have protein in it, right? Right. What is your goal? And I think this is a lot of the misconceptions throughout, I think, the last probably 60 years, right? Yolk, no yolk, cholesterol. Is, is cholesterol bad? Is it good even, right? Now we're finding out even having HDL cholesterol, LDL cholesterol is a good thing, right? So these trends, they, they go back and forth. But I think the root of the issue is just lack of education, understanding why we're even having the discussion. So is a yolk healthy? Well, yeah, has a lot of micronutrients in it, right? has all the things that you want as far as energy goes. Is having 12 eggs a day good? The answer is probably not because anything in excess is going to be bad. Yeah. So you have to look at what are your goals and what is the question that we should be asking is, how do I get on a consistent diet that's going to bring me adherence to get the results I'm looking for? If you have an, an egg allergy, that would be a reason to avoid eggs. Right, okay. right. Yeah. But like Blake said, you have to set up paradigms to say, hey, these are my goals. I want to lose fat, gain muscle. Can eggs fit in that? And the majority of people say, mm-hmm. absolutely. Do egg whites fit in that? Yes. People go overboard. And this is where the discussion should be lying is, hey, what, where, are, where is the dynamics of where I can continue to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time? And if you enjoy eggs and you like eggs, they should absolutely be a part of a consistent diet. You, you know, I think one of yeah. the things that's aggravating to us, and it's more, I guess you'd say medical, but it spills into health and, and diet, is how the medical community seems like it always will give you an absolute and then 20 years later say that's not right. Like like with the egg, we just had the example of aspirin. We were told a baby aspirin after you get 40, mm-hmm. it's, you know, prevents heart attack, strokes. Now we, we go, well, wait a minute now. It's just, I think it's just aggravating to those of us looking for the truth in right. a lot of this because there is a truth there, yeah. uh, and, and we have to rely on other people to, to tell us what that is, yeah. and it's just kind of aggravating, I think, to rank-and-file people like me. And, that, and that's why we want to do this podcast because I'm going to, first of all, you know, I'm a human being, so I would, I would have certain human things that are kind of the human experience. Right. 
And I think what most of us have, Rick Burgess is as guilty of this as anyone. Can you just tell me some easy way that I would be healthy? I mean, you know what I mean? I want something that doesn't require a lot of effort. You know what I mean? I don't want anything that's sacrificial. Uh, is there a way, is there some magic way that I could be healthy and be at the weight I want to be at, but don't and ask, don't be inconvenienced don't, don't, too bad. Yeah, don't don't ask me to be inconvenienced by it. Don't ask me to have to meal plan. Right. Don't ask me to have to exercise. You know, and I think that's probably and I know you guys could be the exception because this is something that's enjoying to you. But probably the reason why you enjoy it is because you're healthy. Right. And I know we all have things that, that are genetic or that we might have issues with that, you know, diet and fitness may not be able to completely eradicate from our lives, cancers. And, right. and even though I know there can be some things that are tied to that, and sometimes there's some heart disease issues that people have predispositions to. I'm not Like for me, cholesterol was something that I tried every way in the world to lower through diet and exercise. And I lost 50 pounds and my cholesterol didn't move, you know. And so the doctor's like, look, man, you, you've got a genetic issue here. And as you're getting older, you're going to need a statin or something to help. But I think we're living in a time that everybody says, give me a supplement, give me a pill. And I don't want to to worry about my nutrition and I don't want to exercise. Right. That That's really not realistic, is it? It's not realistic, but two, people overcomplicate what they really need to do to yeah. make changes. Need to simplify. You know, I think simplicity is what leads people to long-term success. And that's what I've seen. You know, I've, in the years that we've been, um, you know, educating people on their health and wellness um, with regards to exercise and nutrition, it's finding that balance that works with their schedule. So with regards to exercise is you know, to get the change that people want, that's going to require change. You know, change that you want to make in your life requires change in other areas of your life. Um, and so with regards to exercise, are you completely inactive? Do you have a sedentary uh, lifestyle? So, hey, what if we just get up and we walk a few times, you know? Yeah. A, a day? You know, there's just simple changes that you can make that don't require, you know, gym memberships or just, you know, coming home every day and feeling like you have to go be a world beater in the weight room. Like, it, that's not true. It just starts with just simple Steps with regards to nutrition, when you analyze your daily food log, or if you're looking at what you eat over the course of a day, week, month, year, you know, what is it consisting of? You know, do you understand what a protein is, what a fat is, what a carbohydrate is? Do you understand how much gram, how many grams of protein you're taking in? What does your plate look like? Do you eat any protein? Do you eat any vegetables? And so then, if you can teach people what we try to is let's find that balance of one, let's introduce your body to what adequate amounts of protein are for your body weight. Um, and then let's, let's introduce green vegetables if they're not there. Let's just get those two down. I'm a big focus on a hey, lean and green. Let's find some, what, some lean protein options that you like, and let's add some green vegetables and just start there. I don't care about the, the portions of it just yet. Let's just introduce those into your, into, your, into your diet. And then those changes, you'll see results almost instantly if they weren't there. And just focusing on, like, I'm a big, simple guy. I don't like meal prepping. Uh, I don't like taking time out of my weekend to make sure that my food's prepped for the whole week. I want a 90-second bag of frozen peas in the microwave that can go with some kind of turkey burger or piece of steak that I chicken that I cooked the night before, and then I'm good to go. You know, and I think people really just overcomplicate it. Yeah, so let's let's come back and let's jump into to yeah. some of the fad diets and stuff. And yep. Bubba, I know you got some questions, uh, and we'll continue. Blake Prime and Garrett Trum are our guests today on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right, so we're back. We're talking with Blake Prime, Garrett Trummer. We're talking about fitness and nutrition. Yes, this is Rick and Bubba University. Yes, it is. 
uh, because yeah, you've you, not mistuned you, you your podcast. Yeah, and, 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 and there's been things, you know, because I think <laughs> what you're talking about, people don't stick with things if they don't see some sort of result. And I think what you talked about in the last segment is encouraging to people because I'm just speaking from experience. Like step one for me was I'm done with soft drinks. Well, that, that sounds like, well, that's, that's not a – the minute I did that, I dropped weight. That was one move that dropped weight. And, and, and I still had a lot of other things I needed to work on. But like you said, start with something. Right. And, and so – and then it was like I, I'm not in, in health enough to have some sort of training that is beyond my ability right now. But I'm just going to start out by simply moving more than I was moving. You know, and you guys did a good job with, with helping me saying – Look, today, you, even what the rest of the class is doing, you're not doing. Come over here. Here's what you need to do today because you're going to get hurt if you try to go there because you're not ready for that yet. Right. We want you over here maybe with, you know, a bar that has no weight on it. Or we want you over here, you know, uh, you're going to do the skier while everybody else is actually doing physical, you know, running or something like that right. because you can get – what usually happens is somebody says, I starved myself and I tried to do a massive mm-hmm. workout the first time. I'm miserable, and I'm so sore I can't move, I'm out. Right. And, and so what you were talking about is kind of easing in to these life changes because I think the biggest problem is we go in so radical on the front end, it's not sustainable. Right. So there's a very good literature on when people start a diet, okay? And they take a look at pre-diet, middle of the diet, and then after the diet. And they do one and three and five years post-diet. The majority of people who start a diet will end up either heavier than when they started or around the same weight of when they started the diet. So to get back to, to Bubba, like why is there fads out there? Right. Well, I mean, to get to the bottom of it, it's a lot of money to be in the diet industry. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And they probably don't want you to know the simple truth that Blake was speaking of, which is consistency. And, and Rick, you spoke on something of long-term changes or you know, over a long period of time leads to the results. Right, You can't expect somebody to flip their lifestyle 180 degrees the next day or the next week and set them up for success. It takes subtle changes. Okay, And what the evidence shows, it, science is very good at, it's not very good at proving something, but what it tells us is not to do. Right, It's very good at doing that. <laughs> like calories in, like thermodynamics is not changing. If you eat under your maintenance, your, your maintenance, I, I use that in quotations because it's kind of a floating target, right? You, you don't know how many calories you actually burn on a day-to-day basis because you burn a different number of calories every single day, right? Right. But when you stay consistent with something like an exercise routine and you eat intelligently, which means eating the proper number of protein, carbs, and fats, that has been shown to work, right? That is proven. That is, you could make, basically make that gravity at this point. It does work. And it is simple. But you need to have an understanding about why that occurs. So, you know, if, if, Rick, if we don't want to interfere with Rick's life and Bubba's life, we have to set you up for success. And I can't give you this script, this cookie cutter script to say, guess what you're going to do? Mm-hmm. You're going right. to start working out 45 minutes a day, twice a day, every single day. And you're going to eat 800 calories for the next year. Do you think that's going to be, you know, sustainable? No. It's not. No. It doesn't work. Right? You've got to have a few more than 800. Yeah, well, you've you got to have something that you can live with. But when you're in the situation that I was in and continue to work on and we're in, we're, we're, I was taking in so many calories, dropping me down to 1,500 mm. was going was gonna to show results. You know, uh, Even going down to 2,000 was going to show results because I was usually taking in five, 6,000 or, or more a day. 
So, so you know, you don't have to. I think people go so far to the extremes; it's not sustainable. Like, even though you disagreed with it, and rightfully so, because it wasn't healthy, I had to lose a certain amount of weight to even be able to exercise. And so, I did a fad diet to drop some of it, right. but I knew that I could not sustain that. That couldn't <clears> be the rest of my life. And of course, you you would have probably preferred me to lost that earlier weight slower, but I, I wanted to go ahead and get down enough where I could get moving a little more. Right. And and but I would not I would never say that's what you, someone should do unless your doctor's saying if you don't lose fifty pounds you're gonna die. Right. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, maybe you need to do something drastic. But I'm gonna go ahead and tell you all of you up front, every single fad diet works as far as losing weight initially, but very few of them, to Garrett's point, change your life because what they're telling you to do isn't really healthy for you for the rest of your life. Correct. And so then you go and usually why do you, why do people usually put more weight back on? Well, there, there's confusion. So there's a lot of confusion. There's a thing called the reticular activating system, which is you tend to focus on the things that are important to you. So Netflix di- documentaries are not good research for your diet, <laughs> right? What what your friend said is not researching the diet. YouTubing, potentially depending on the resource, is not good research for diet. You know what right. is good literature is going to the things like the International Society of Sports Nutrition to get the position statements on recommendations of what you should be eating and then going to someone who has a background to say, hey, I'm confused. Where can where do I start regarding education? Because then you understand. I'm now giving you, right, the fishing rod. I'm not just fishing for you anymore. I'm, right. I'm teaching you the sustainable habits and doing that. Fad diets are there to make money. They work because you're in a caloric deficit, period, Right. And, and, and that's what it is. You gain weight because you're in a caloric surplus. You lose weight because you're in a caloric deficit. It's easy when you don't have to think because the meal shows up at your door and you get to eat 500 calories a day. And you say, I'm going to eat this little brick of food that tastes like cardboard for the next six weeks. I'm going to lose weight. It's like, great. <laughs> but then you're back because habits and rituals are the things that are going to make for the consistent change. Eventually, you're going to drive by a pizza hut. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so, and I'm not trying to trash particular <clears throat> diets, but. It seems to me when you look at the way the human body was made, you know, you may have a biblical worldview of that, or you just may look at science and see the way, however you think human beings got here. But there seems to be a balance that the human body is designed for. And, and so what, what you see is that, that with, with these diets that say take something, take a food group, like for instance, completely out. Uh, or just stay in one. Or, or stay in one food group, and that's all you <laughs> yeah. eat. Just common sense kind of tells me that can't be good, and we don't have the expertise you guys do. So tell us about. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself in this keto thing all the time. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna be done with carbs, and all I'm gonna eat is protein. It doesn't even matter how many I eat. Well, I would think that if you're gorging yourself on meats and eggs, and you're not doing all the different food groups, it seems like removing any food group would not be the way to go from the way we're designed. And I think, you know, for the most part, again, it's going to come back to that consistency. And, you know, bodies are amazing in the adaptations that they can make to what it's given, right? And so for myself personally, if I choose to live on a higher protein, lower carbohydrate diet, well, can I do that? One, how do I feel? Two, um, am I sleeping okay? Is my you know energy levels when I'm at work, when I'm training? How do they work? How do they function? Then two, you know, how long can I stay in that routine and feel good? You know, with me, 
it's worked for years. I have had a relatively higher protein um, diet, relatively lower carb, higher in fats, and it has worked very well for me. And so I think it's establishing what works for you. But, you know, for the most people, when they get on a, say, keto kick, when they're going to go super high fats, right, um, then and very, very low to no carbs, you know, it's, it's, it's a complete 180 shift in a day when they try to get down into ketosis. And they can maintain it for a little bit, but it's not something that they're willing to or are able to to stick to for longer than, say, three, six, nine months to maybe even a year they do it. But then all of a sudden they're back, you know, because one night out and they have, you know, they're at a, a party with friends and, you know, they overload the carbs, they're out of ketosis, now it's blown, eh, maybe I'll start in a couple of days. And then you get into that cycle again where it's just, it's not going to work because you're the ebb and flow of being in and out of um, the ratio of what you're doing nutritionally, just it doesn't check. And so you end up losing weight, sure, off the bat. And then as soon as you reintroduce um, what you took out in the first place, um, you know, the cycle reverts itself. And so it's going to be, can people live on, uh, say, a keto um, nutritional plan and be very successful? I think absolutely. I've seen it. But they are the ones that are five, six years in. I'm like, this is what I do. This is who I am now. Well, I, I know, and of course, you know, anybody can bring up any example. I have a friend that has been on keto for a long time and ended up having hormonal problems and, and other problems yeah. that came came out of that uh, for, from a long term. Uh, the uh, the keto people, too, talk about, uh, what is it, insulin? Uh, what, what's the term they use? Uh, yeah. ins- what, what am I trying to yeah. think? So how keto came about, what you're, we're talking about is insulin, right? right. You want to reduce the amount of insulin because that right. shuttles into fat. Mm-hmm. All right. So people who are diabetic, right, type 2 diabetics, the special populations we can't really talk to because they are being monitored usually by dietitians and they're sure. getting their blood work done. And right. But for the general population, keto diets, right, is the, the, the theory is, well, if we reduce insulin, we reduce the amount of fat storage, which isn't necessarily scientifically sound. Right. From Mm -hmm. from that standpoint, Um, unfortunately, there's once again, when people say, well, go go keto and why? Well, it reduces fat and then you go on it and you you don't understand why. Why are you doing it in the first place? Just because you heard it from your friend. And that's not the resources that you should be doing for long term sustainability. Yeah, because there can be side effects. Like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't know whether even if a diet is okay for for your friend, it may not be okay for you and you could have a. A negative impact from it. It could be dangerous, right? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do Do we agree? And I, I know when you have the makers diet and and some of the folks in, in that, it, it does make sense to me that if we eat food more in the way that that God grew it for us, whatever it is, it's probably better. Is that is that a fair statement as opposed to processed galore uh, for convenience? So, I'm going to kind of tee you up a little bit on this. All right. So, yes. All right. Single ingredient foods, I would say I, I like that recipe because it takes out guesswork. Mm-hmm. So if you stick to single ingredient foods, it's very hard. It's difficult for you. When you say single ingredient, yeah, like the way it is, natural yeah, food. Mango, yeah. banana, yeah. Yeah. Apple, apple yeah. like an apple. Right? Not, not, Chicken breast. I, not something's in a package. I have no yeah. idea what all's in it. <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's better to eat an apple with a skin on it than off, right? As long as you wash it good. <laughs> right. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, kind of what I was it. getting to. <laughs> yeah. In the okay set point theory, Rick. Mm-hmm. You said in, uh, a few minutes ago that there is a, a given weight that we like to hang out at. Oh, yeah. Right? And there's this thing called the set point theory. Yeah. 
right? Where you might have two or three, where your body just naturally likes to hang out. But it's very difficult to either lose or Mm -hmm. gain beyond that. And it could be a three to four pound fluctuation. So it's like a 200 pound individual. Like a harmonic almost of our body cycles. It's it's the thermostat in our hypothalamus Mm -hmm. that says, hey, 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 you're getting a little too lean, right? I'm going to make you hungrier by hormonal release of ghrelin. Or, hey, you're getting a little too big. I'm going to actually have you do more spontaneous physical activity, twitching. I'm going to the bathroom a little bit mm-hmm. more to burn off that excess calories. Now, Blake, I'll ask you this. What, what, when you see a Godspeed member who's had drastic, successful change that's been sustainable, what are the things that they tend to implement? And, and it's those single ingredient foods consistently over time. It's increase in protein and a lean protein source. Um, and then a higher concentration of those simple, like single ingredient, like vegetables. So whether it be green beans, peas, whatever it may be, broccoli, um, that's makes up the bulk of the, not all, but the bulk of their nutrition. So people think that, you know, there's, there's no room for, for anything other than the bland chicken and vegetables. And it's just not true. I mean, the palate's an amazing thing. We can do a lot of different flavor profiles and still get in the appropriate foods that lead to success, you know? And that's why we kind of preach to people at Godspeed, like that lean and green principle. Like, can you make the majority of the foods that you um, take in come from a lean protein source? And there, there's tons and then green vegetables, you know, and other than that, we can, we can teach what, you know, where, you know, appropriate places or, you know, more advantageous places for things like, you know, carbohydrates, what source they come from, are they starchy fibers, where do we put those in? Um, does timing food even matter to some people? You know, when you're getting super strict, sure. Yeah. But I mean, for most people, no, I mean, the body doesn't recognize if I'm eating a, you know, a bowl of rice at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. You know, it's just, it knows that, hey, I'm being fed right now and this is what it is. Okay, we'll come back. We want to jump into some more of that when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. All right, so Bubba, we've had a huge reaction to the Raycon earbuds. Huge reaction. I and mean, that's not that's not a hyperbole or an exaggeration. No, no, get but a lot of good emails. Well, and I'll tell you why. You know, you, you, you got to have earbuds now. Everybody wants them. Even us today talking about if you're exercising and moving. A lot of times people like to listen to music. They like to have the earbuds in. They like to listen to Rick and Bubba podcast, whatever the case may be. Well, let's face it. Some of the other brands, you go, do I really want that hanging outside my ear? That looks kind of foolish. Wow, look at the price on these. Well, that's when Raycon stepped in and said, what if you had earbuds that sounded great because you don't want to compromise quality, but they looked discreet. They had some hip and cool colors. They, they had options for it to fit the way your ear is shaped so they're more comfortable. And, oh, by the way, they're about half the price of the others. You know, you've got my attention now, and, and, and that's why so many people – have responded to, to, to the Raycon earbuds. And then because of you listening to this podcast or watching this podcast, you go to buyraycon.com slash rickbubbapod. That's buyraycon.com slash rickbubbapod. Boom, another 15% off on the earbuds. You are going to love these. No matter how you use your earbuds, this is going to be a better experience, and also you're going to save a lot of money. So go right now to buyraycon.com slash rickbubbapod. Save an additional 15%. That's buyraycon.com slash Rick Bubba Pod. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Our guest today, Blake Prime, Garrett Trummer. We're talking, I know this sounds odd, we're talking nutrition, but we're doing this because we talk to a, a giant audience every day, and this is something on people's mind. I think people legit, especially as we're getting older, I found out with, with us, I could get away with being a little more <laughs> reckless with my nutrition and my exercise when I was younger, 
the older I get, the worse I feel if I'm eating badly and I'm not moving the around. The margin of error. The margin of error way down. really yeah. goes way down. And so we're trying to simplify this process. And you were talking, it went to the break. If, if you just took your diet and you got off the fads and you got off all this, we, we all, we've talked about the bad sides of the fads. I've done them. We've all done them. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they always work. You always lose weight if that's your goal. But you don't keep it off. And are you really healthy? Because I can be lean. Uh, I remember talking to a, a wellness doctor one time, and he said, you know what? I discovered that I ran all these marathons and all that, but my nutritional side of my life mm-hmm. was reckless. And he goes, I realized that I was an unhealthy person who could run a long way <laughs> and, and ended up having a heart well, attack, ended up having a heart attack that, you know, so it, it's a balance. It's not just, oh, look at me how far I can run, but oh, by the way, I'm reckless with my nutrition. That's not necessarily healthy. What's the diet where you eat all the meat? What is it? Atkins. Atkins. Yeah. Okay. So I had a friend who uh, got on the Atkins diet, lost 50 pounds. Okay. Thought he was doing great. Ended up getting open heart surgery right after that. Uh, so to, to your point. But let me ask you this. Um, there was a, 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 a research done at UAB, is all, of all places, um, not too long ago, and we, we covered the story where they took someone and they, they ate exactly what they normally eat, but they changed the time schedule where they had their last meal of the day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and people lost weight. What, do you think that's legit, or what, why is that? Uh, give me your thoughts on that. I'd have to look at the study. Okay, so, so you're saying that all the calories were accounted for. Same thing they were eating before. They just changed the schedule of what they were eating. Didn't change the, the food yeah, at all. Yeah. So that would be contradictory, and, and I'd love to look at the, the yeah. research study just to see what they did, but that would be contradictory to total daily intake of food, right? And it's It very, seems it would, yeah. It would, but maybe there is something to it. Okay, and you have to look at hormonal fluctuations, what the population size was. Um, I, I don't have an answer for you uh, on that, but it does seem like calories at some point, maybe they started moving more. I don't know, right, what what the formula for that would be. I have to look at it. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it just had something to do with not going to bed with food on your stomach. And I, I don't know why that would make it different on a number-wise, but that's what it said, and we can uh, we can dig into that more later. Uh, let, let me ask you about a couple of foods that, that always I find different answers on or that I just like. One is corn. How are you guys on corn? Let's talk corn. Yeah, just, just a couple of <laughs> off-the-cuff foods here. Blake Prime, what do you think about corn, man? <laughs> I know this is, what, this is what I know in the animal kingdom as a deer hunter. It, it has no nutritional value for deer. It's a hot food they just like to eat. <laughs> is it the same for human beings? What's the nutritional value? No, it, it value does, of but it's just low protein. Yeah. It's, it's about 5%, I think, 3 5%. I mean, I think with anything, if corn is a food that you like and it's a vegetable that you can get on your plate, have at it. You know, with excess, you're going to, you know, gorge yourself, and that's going to be the main. You got a, a whole plate full of corn and a little bit of protein. You know, maybe maybe we're, we're steering the wrong direction there. To, but to me, I have no issues with corn. I mean, people might look at it for, you know, which of these vegetables are higher in carbohydrates. But, I mean, you know, corn could be, you know, but even then, you know, that the, the values are so marginal that you would really have to do, you know, an excess amount. So let's, let's talk about the question right. because mm-hmm. it's the question that is the predominant factor that's lead to, go to the, lead to the response that you're looking for. Why are we asking, is corn good? What we should be asking is, what are your goals, and does corn fit into those goals, mm-hmm. and at what yeah. quantity does it do that? Right. Yeah. 
All right, that that's the question. Singular foods are should not be labeled as taboo. Good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. Uh, there's an old phrase out there that says, if you want clean foods, wash it with dish soap first. <laughs> right. Yeah. right? Because there's no clean foods. If you make foods taboo, what happens to the human species? Ah, well, there it is. Right. It's in the cabinet. Yeah. You're going to want it more. Right. Right. So there's a behavior change, <laughs> yeah. right? Well, just putting cookies on the top shelf makes you go get a ladder. Right. Right. right? right. It, 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 yeah, it, I can attest to yeah. that one. Right. And so the question is, how do I reform, Rick, my body composition to feel better? Right? If I'm a marathon runner, I'm having a heart attack, there's a reason why. I mean, maybe you had an underlying condition, but how do I feel better? So right. you, t- you talked about your age and no matter what, you, it, hey, man, I can have a sip of wine and I'm out for a week because I'm hungover now, right? It's, it's a little bit different as you get older. The question is, Rick and Bob, is how do I feel better on a more consistent basis? Because that's going to give me right, more energy, enthusiasm to do what I love to do to impact more people. Right? And, that's, and that does start with you know, sleep, diet, water, exercise. Right. If me and Blake Prime could make a pill to say, hey, you guess, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get eight hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. You're going to reach all of your macronutrient and in, in, in meal goals. And you're going to exercise for a minimum of 35 to 45 minutes a day. We would be billionaires. Right. And everybody, by the way, wants that. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody wants that. So you kind of you got another food before we go into the supplement. Well, thing? Garrett's kind of killed my thumbs up, Sorry, thumbs man. down food segment. But what you're saying is I, that's I us. That's us once again going, <laughs> well, if I take this food out, will I be OK? And, and or should I avoid this food or right. is it OK? Yeah. And, and look, I was going to ask you about another one. I'm going to throw this out there. Mushrooms. How's mushrooms on the old thumbs up, thumbs down chart? It's full of micronutrients. Yeah. You know, if you have an allergy to mushrooms, don't eat, don't eat mushrooms. Right. Got but it, it's, it's, Got it's, it's full of micronutrients. Okay. I, the, the dirty foods, the unclean foods, the unhealthy foods, that is, in the literature, it's trans fat that causes inflammation that's very hard to undo other than by, guess what, working out and eating you know, properly or intelligently. Right. So trans fats, we can kind of shelf the other ones right now and say, hey, as long as you're in the domain of being healthy, you know, eating minimally processed, lean meats, eating vegetables, making sure your micronutrients are taken care of. Trans fats is something like you know, French fries, chicken, um, fried chicken, things like that, that can mm. uh, have some long-term consequences associated with, with cardiac. The, there, was, there was, I can't remember what food it was. Uh, it was one that you would think would be good for you that I, I'd heard people say, oh, you don't want that. It causes inflammation or it's bad for inflammation. Are there some foods like that that we, that we would think maybe is good, that we need to, eh, maybe not so much? Tomato has been controversial at times uh we still don't know if it's a fruit or a vegetable right. somewhere in the middle <laughs> well it, for, in a good way it I'll depends you, on how they're taxed I'll give you a good in ex- most states i'll give you a good example and of course where we all live i know this goes all over the country and around the world this was great taboo but i had uh, one of my sons that that plays athletics and he kept having trouble with joints and stuff and and, and having to go get physical therapy which is geared i know kind of your area um and he was told by the physical therapist, how much pork are you eating? Mm. And he eats a ton of pork. And he said, I'm telling you, you can have pork in moderation, but if you overeat pork, you're going to have inflammation problems. It is gonna, it's going to mm. contribute to this problem you keep happening. Have you heard that before, that pork is one of the – and, again, I'm not saying that no one can ever eat pork. I'm saying, of course, you know, God may have known what he was doing when he told his people not to eat it. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but what I'm saying is th- that that was something he was told by a physical therapist was contributing to his inflammation trouble. So anything in excess, 
yes. is yeah. going to be toxic. I can have, I can kill myself with too much water or vitamin D supplements sure, mm-hmm. or have too much of something to the point of diminishing returns for it, right? You can eat too much protein to the point where you're just like, oh, I feel bad. And some, there's going to be some sort of consequence to it. So to get back to your point, are there foods out there that can cause inflammation when, when eaten or consumed in excess? And the, the answer is yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. right? I have a Diet Coke or I have a gallon of Diet Coke. Think about the consequences physiologically that, does, that, that, that that's going to cause me, mm-hmm. right? So once again, right, being intelligent, you know, if you only, if you only have pork for three months, there's probably going to be a side effect at some, at some yeah. point. It, we're getting back. moderation again, maybe. Yeah, no, really and the, I was going to big uh, answer to a lot of this. That's where we'll land. We come back when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast continues. All right, so Tommy John, uh, you know, it's a bunch of dudes hanging out here. And, and of course, now, ladies, they got stuff for you, too. But uh, I, I want to talk about Tommy John because I know that especially men, women. And we're not, not talking about elbow surgery no, here. No, no. There, a lot Women are not as bad about this as men are. We think that we were assigned our underwear at a very young age, and we keep those the rest of our lives. Because we think, look, underwear is underwear. It's, we need yeah. it. And Nobody I, sees it. Who if cares? You, if you have that attitude, you've never put on Tommy John underwear. Uh, I couldn't believe the difference. Yeah, that, and, and it's, yeah it's a whole different experience, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so here we are getting into the fall. Why don't you upgrade what's underneath? with some new Tommy John underwear, and, and you can feel the, the level of comfort that we're talking about. Also, they've got some loungewear that is fantastic as well, very comfortable, looks good enough that you can wear them anywhere, and it feels good enough that you can wear them if you want to go to bed in them. They're that comfortable. And remember that Tommy John's, when it comes to, to, uh, to their underwear, they say this, it's the best pair you'll ever wear or it's free. So if you don't think it's the best pair of underwear you've ever put on and you said, I can't really tell a difference, and they said, okay, then you, you get a refund. So, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be uncomfortable when it comes to loungewear or the underwear that we're wearing. And because you are paying attention to Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, we're going to get you 20% off your first order right now at TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba for 20% off. That's TommyJohn.com slash Rick Bubba. See their site for all the details. So Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, we got we got about seven, eight minutes left. I told I fe- you it'd fly by, guys. I, I feel like we could talk <laughs> on. So it's almost like we kind of need to land the plane with this time left. Rick, well, I, mean, I got two more questions. All right, two I more. I got to Go get ahead. in. Okay. Just, uh, soft drinks. You brought up soft drinks. Mm-hmm. Address them. Talk to us about them. Again, I think it's all going to go back to the, the, the excess or moderation. Like, I mean, soft drinks and inherently – Sugar filled, yes, you know. So is one going to hurt you when you diet versus regular? regular. I mean, how are you on that? I'm a pretty big thing that you know. It's it's all dependent on how it makes you feel. You know, too many most people that just have one, um, one they're probably few and far between. A lot of people just don't stick to one, Um, but two. you know, it does carbonation have an effect on you? I know that I used to like Diet Cokes, and I didn't stop drinking them because of what was actually in them. It just carbonation started to have to effect on on my gut, and so that's why I cut them out. Garrett might have a, a similar story. Most people <clears throat> that drink soft drinks that are sugar-filled tend to drink a lot. Yes. So that's a correlation for them gaining weight, right? Mm-hmm. And once again, right, if you're drinking a lot of something that has right. a lot of empty calories, a lot of sugar in there, that's not going to be necessarily the best thing for you to feel good and also set you up in an environment to lose fat and gain muscle. All right, Rick, and you know Speedy will be mad if I don't address uh, the somewhat healthy snack oh, of, gosh. of peanut M&M's. Here we go. Uh, 
So I, I'll let y'all tackle that one. I, I'll just throw it. Is out there peanut M and M's a somewhat healthy? Somewhat, yeah. I underline somewhat. I'm gonna have an aneurysm. I'm going to lose my voice in two seconds. <laughs> so I can see where you're going with this because the peanuts in there, it's got to yeah, be good for right. you. I'm trying, so I'm trying to justify fat, right? peanuts. Uh, Sorry. And to get to it, i got to work through some chocolate. <laughs> no, thumbs I'm going to give, give a thumbs down to that. Have um, you ever said on someone's uh, food journal, uh, and right here, maybe dropping some peanut M&M's? That has never popped up on a feature. <laughs> now, I will say before we move on, too, with regards. I kind of figured you were going to say that. I, I'm not totally shocked by your response. I do think it's important to address really quick um, the fact that, you know, you said, you know, go or no go on certain foods a minute right. ago. I think over the years I've seen it's been really beneficial and important that people don't label foods as inherently bad or good. Okay. Um, I think it develops a dangerous psychology when you start seeing foods as this is a bad food, this is a good food. Yeah, Garrett. Um, so <laughs> um, <laughs> from a standpoint of you start – when you can go so far in one direction. I'm, yeah. I'm, an, I'm, I'm working out, I'm eating good, that you get so psychologically out of tune that – when you do slip up or maybe have something that you would consider a bad food, it puts you in such a mental, uh, a bad mental state that it can be very detrimental to your health. Um, and that can lead to things like eating disorders or um, a, new, a number of um, things that you know, we're trying to avoid. And so it's, it's easy to see people, they get on that train of, I'm starting to look good, I'm starting to feel good, starting to see some results. And then you get kind of overboard on it and get obsessed with it. And so that's why we try to teach like the healthy balance, like – there is no bad food. Don't see it as that. You know, if you're, you know, intuitive eating, what is that? You know, be able to understand, like, if my if this can fit today in my in my nutrient log, then and I can still feel good and function, then I'm okay. But I do want to talk about this because you 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 taught me this empty calories. You know, you do have to be careful of that though, right? Because you you like you told I me told we, Rick to quit eating that cereal in the beginning. Breakfast. We first started out. I was sending like all my food journals, which I I don't think I ever got the maximum score. I got close a few times and I sent him what I thought was a healthy breakfast cereal. And he, and he says, I want you to throw that in the trash. <laughs> he said, because we've got you on a certain amount of calories we're trying to do every day. That is empty calories. It brings no nutritional. So, so this thing mm-hmm. of how some people say, well, it's just, and we talked this, just math. As right. long as I have less calories, you know, than, than I burn, then I'm going to lose weight. But can't you be eating foods though, that are not nutritionally good for you? Yes. Yes. Yes, you can. Yeah. So, just because you're in a caloric deficit does not mean that you're going to walk around like Blake Prime. Right. Okay. So this comes down to the body composition. What do you want to look like and feel like, right? You can just lose a lot of weight and not feel really good. Right. The point is, can you maintain or gain lean muscle tissue? And that would have to come from a breakdown of protein, carbs, and fat. I say fiber and water in there because those are also significant, right? So having proper breakdowns of those foods is very important, right? Yeah. And so just because, like I said, you're in a massive restriction phase does not mean that you're going to gain muscle too. Right. You have to do the work. Is there, gosh, we're running out of time. Is there a way to outwork bad eating? Hard no. 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 Not, not a chance. It's got to be a combination of both. And, and, and I know this sounds like we're oversimplifying this. It sounds like you guys have said, which is a strange, con- strange concept, moderation and balance and move around a little and, bit. and, and, and get around. a good night's sleep. Gosh, that's important. And, it's and very this, important. Yeah, and know what your goals are. Like you said, right. immune you know, system, even have it working. Even when I come to see you guys and y'all been very helpful to me, my goals are different than the person that says I'm right. going to be in the next CrossFit competition. Right. 
You know, that's a different thing. We live in an Instagram world where I see an Instagram ad and I think I got to look like that guy. Yeah. What did he do to get there? Cause I need to do that. Yeah. Um, not understanding that that's of airbrush Photoshop sure, or not even understand the hard work that that guy did to do that. Right. And so, um, it's balance. It is finding a balance in nutrition and exercise that works with your schedule. Is it three days a week of exercise of some sort? And then can you fit a five to seven day? Where does, how does the nutrition work? Is it being a three, three meal a day person? Is it adding more protein? What is it that works for you and has you in a state where you are, you feel good, you look good, you're moving well, you're sleeping well, you know, in, in, in maintaining that. Well, and I think that's important because sometimes I've, I've been guilty of this. You see people that look so healthy, whether they are or not, and you see that and you see yourself and you think that's so unattainable for me, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't even need to wade off I'm into not, that. I'm not going to do anything. Right. And so, no, I think the thing that I've learned from you guys, and we're do something, you know, because you know, if, you, if you'll start eating better and you'll start exercising at any level, that's better than not doing any of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to look out for yourself, man. You want to yeah. treat yourself like you're someone worth taking care of, right? Often we tend to tend to treat our, our friends and our family better than we treat ourselves. And as it comes down to, man, it's like if I had to really improve my life and if I wanted to live and feel good for as long as I possibly could, right? Sit on the edge of your bed and ask yourself that question. And I guarantee you're going to, you know, you're going to hear something in your head saying, well, I need to start going for walks or I need to start exercising. I need to start, you know, taking proper care of my nutrition, to be better for me and for other people. Well, for me, it got to the point that I felt better eating better and exercising. That felt better. I looked forward to how that felt when it was over than any overeating and sitting around baby feel. Right. It took a while to get there, but it got to the point that it shifted. And the way that I felt when I got in the truck after doing something and eating better was so superior than the way I felt when I wasn't work, doing any kind of workout and I was eating whatever I wanted. Do you want to know why that is? Why is that? Because you earned credibility with yourself. Yeah, and, 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 and having more energy to do what we got to do. Got to win some small battles to win the war, right? Yeah, little victories. Right. And, that, and then it turns into that. Well, is there any way that if they needed to access you guys and maybe ask questions, website or something they could go to? They can send an information if they want to to our email, info at godspeed.org, and myself or Garrett will get that. Yeah, and you guys will help them any way that you can. Absolutely. And, and uh, thanks to all of you for joining us. Thank you, Blake. Thanks, thanks guys. You're welcome. Yeah, You're welcome. Thank you. For this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.